There is this children's story titled The Prince and the Pauper. And the story goes that there was this prince who was bored of the luxury of the palace. And so he wanted to experience life in the slums. And so one day, very early in the morning, he disguised as a pauper, as a beggar, and decides to go to downtown and hang out with the homeless and the reject of the city. And so he sat with them and he begged for food like every other beggar on the street. And after a while, there was another beggar who was beside him who had the bowl of meatballs. And he begged him, please, can you give me just one meatball? He said, nope. Go ahead out there and beg for yourself. I'm so hungry. Just one meatball. Nope. And when he begged and begged and begged, and eventually the other beggar now gave him just one meatball. And when the prince was about leaving, he put his hands in the pocket and brought out a stone and gave it to the beggar. And says to him, go to so-and-so bank. When they open, give them this stone. Then we know what to do. Long story short, turns out it was a precious stone that was worth $1,000. And now this meatball beggar was all over the city looking for the beggarly prince. Please, can you come take all the meatballs if you want? I'll get you more. So long as you give me in exchange those precious stones. Of course, these are children's stories and everybody's laughing. Yeah. But there's a morale to the story. There's, there's a lesson to the story. Gift-giving as social reciprocity is natural to us. You rub my hand, I rub your hand. I give you something at Christmas, you give me something at Easter time. I invite you for my birthday party, I'm coming for your birthday party. If I invite you and you don't invite me, I register it in my hard drive. You aren't coming to my party next year. That's the way we operate normally as human beings. And so gift-giving as reciprocity comes to us naturally in every culture. In fact, in my culture, gift-giving is one of the ways for traditional marriages. When the family of the man brings certain gifts to the family of the girl and you accept it, Bingo, marriage is done. But what does not come naturally to us is sacrificial giving. The kind of giving that you gave even in your nothingness. Sacrificial giving is the kind that St. Paul we call kenosis. 
where you empty yourself into the other and not expecting anything in return. Sacrificial giving is divine and it's spiritual. Given as reciprocity is human and natural. But what we are called to this morning and reminded about is sacrificial giving. And of course, Christ Jesus, our Lord, is our greatest model of sacrificial giving. And that's why St. John tells us in John 15... Greater love has no man than this, than he lays his life for his friends. And so our Lord is the perfect model of sacrificial giving. But he also invites us as his followers to practice sacrificial giving. That's why in our readings today, Our Lord presents us two characters, two widows, as our examples. The widow of Zarephath and the widow of the gospel. Mind you that in the Old Testament world, widows were like at the bottom of the totem pole. Women were already getting it hard. In such patriarchal societies, as a woman, you were under your parents. You get married off, you are under your husband. Your husband dies, you are under your first son. And so women from birth to grave had no rights. No rights of inheritance, no voice, no vote, nothing. And right down there was a widow. And so they depended on the mercy of the man in their life. And there comes this widow. In the first book we read, there was famine in the land. And this widow and her son were under starvation ration. And Elijah comes and says, I know you are down to nothing. Go get me some loaves. Say, are you kidding? (laughs) You're asking for loaves in this hard time? And Elijah says, go. Go get it. Because when you are down to nothing, that's when the Lord God is up to something. Go bring it. And the woman in faith went on and brought it And the jar of oil was never spent. That's the gift of sacrificial giving. Likewise, in the gospel, we read of this poor widow who had nothing, just two cents. And the Lord observed how she gave out of her nothingness. And the Lord calls his apostles together and says, you see, you know what? That is the one that has given sacrificially. And so, 
The core of our lesson today, of our message today, is our invitation. The Lord calling us to practice sacrificial giving. Now I'm going to summarize. There are so many ways in our lives we can practice sacrificial giving. But this morning I'm going to suggest just three. Number one, caregiving. In many families, this is where it often gets complicated. When mommy is old and, and, and daddy is old, who takes him in? Who takes her in? And everybody is drawing back and drawing back, and the one who steps forward and takes mommy in, everybody now lets it for the person. And psychologists, after a while, big siblings begin to bump on each other's head because of what they call soccer effect. Everybody is now standing by and let you carry all the load. And then when it's time for sharing the inheritance, whoo-hoo, everybody is now coming out and they are fighting over inheritance. And so sometimes it might feel painful. You feel like every member of the family is taking you for a ride because you have stepped up to care for your parents. But I want to tell you something this morning. That is sacrificial giving. There is nothing anybody can compensate you that will match the grace and the blessings that God gives to you. And so sometimes I tell families, I say, don't worry, just keep doing it. Don't worry about the one in California who never even calls, the one in down Alaska who never calls. Don't worry. You're doing this care out of faith and the good Lord who sees your heart will continue to bless you in your children and in your children's children. First way we can practice sacrificial giving is caregiving. To your loved ones, to parents, to aunties, to those who are close to you, do it. Even when nobody else is doing it, do it. The second way I want to suggest that we can practice sacrificial giving is time. Time giving. We are now in a culture where everybody is go, 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 go. Sometimes I go out to the restaurants, I see families who have come for dinner, everybody's on their cell phone, ping, 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 ping. And I'm like, why did you come to eat as a family? You could have as well ordered for the food and everybody sits in their corners and they are doing their Facebooking and everything. Why did you come together? It's become more difficult for us in our time today, in our age today, to give time to each other. And so our readings is actually inviting us again to rethink time giving. How much time we would spend with family how much time we give to those we love and to those around us. One final suggestion. Giving tree. In many parishes, it's a practice. If you walk out there now and you go into the hall, you're going to see a tree where there are labels and things. And you pick one and you adopt the family and you make up your mind that for this Christmas, I'm going to give to that family. It's not because you have a lot. It's not because yours is abundant, but that is sacrificial giving. That even when your year has been rough, in the roughness of your year, you can give back to those who need more than you do.
So, three things we can decide on this morning to continue to practice. Number one, caregiving. Number two, time giving. And number three, giving tree. God bless you all.